One, two, three, go. I can't believe it's episode nine already. Yeah, it's nine. Cloud number nine, or oh, whatever. <laughs> it's it's almost August behind the corner. I mean, it will be once we publish this. Yep. And we started like in the first or or the second week of June, I think. Yep. Mm, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, and um, we're, we're old news already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and according to our RSS feed, we have five hundred around five hundred uh, RSS subscribers. So uh, that doesn't sound right. No, I don't know. I mean, um, maybe, but c- compared to the page views on the website, that sounds unusually big of a number. Yeah, because you know people don't go to the website actually to get the episodes. They go to the RSS feed because they subscribe through iTunes. Well, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, hopefully yeah. the content is entertaining enough still. Exactly. <laughs> have you have you listened to uh, the previous week's show? Yep. Um, what do you think? No, I liked it, and yeah. I think we are improving, especially the way we speak. Uh, but I liked it. No, but but I mean, uh, there were a few moments which I don't know. Maybe you were kind of uh, <laughs> embarrassing or, or or bad, but but overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with the fact that we we did it without any preparation, without any topics really, without without any even uh, follow up uh, points, and it right. turned out quite okay. Mm-hmm. And and there were a few topics like talking about Legos, which maybe normally if we were like, oh yeah, let's talk about you know productivity and business and stuff, then <laughs> then maybe we wouldn't cover this. And uh, you know, why not talk about? Why not make an accidental Lego show? Have a have a um, a Lego corner. <laughs> exactly, a Lego corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean now everyone knows we 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 came out of the closet as adult fans of Lego, and now. Yep. Now it's too late. I I can't I can't I can't imagine really people not being fans of Lego. Yeah. So uh, really, for me, it this is it was such a big part of me when I was growing up, and now even now, well now that I have kids, it's you know I have more more excuse excuse to play with them. But yeah. without this excuse, when I f- I remember like I think a few years ago when I found uh, found my Lego pieces in my mom's house. I started playing with them right away, and I built myself, I think, an iPhone stand. <laughs> yeah, that's nice, that's yeah, nice. exactly. I built myself an iPhone stand just to have an excuse to build something out of Lego. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You know, uh, you also mentioned last uh, last week um, about the the Amazon thing. Yep. And I I, I found you know um, just just um, earlier today uh, we're we're chatting and, and you mentioned that you had a, a ton of uh, retweets and I I uh, I looked up that tweet uh, mm-hmm. that you posted and I noticed that that the official Amazon account retweeted it not some Amazon support something the main official at Amazon account retweeted really yeah seriously wow <laughs> that's why i got so much publicity then yeah wow yeah <laughs> but i'm amazon famous now <laughs> yeah i guess but no but, but but i mean it's like huh i looked at their account and they tweet quite a lot but they don't normally retweet other people's stuff right so so you, you may you must have made quite an impression on 
uh, on their um, uh, you know social media masters wow wow that's really cool the the other day a friend was asking me about about this about why why do i use twitter what's twitter about and why i mean what's all the fuss with the social media because he's not <laughs> so much into this and i said one of the things i love about social media is very often you get to actually touch people you would never be able to touch or you you you, you get to talk to people that normally you would never be able to talk to because because they are like the, the celebrities you know the big guys you know they are over there and you know in order to talk to them you would have to go through jump through the hoops have an appointment with you know and, and be somebody you know i don't know difficult but because of the social media th th this is getting shorter and just like this you know i tweeted about amazon and my experience with amazon prime and they retweeted my tweet you know and the same goes uh, with uh, I write uh, on my blog about books I read and uh, I, I write uh, reviews of these books uh, quite often, not as often as I would like to, but, but quite often. And I actually you know, posted the, a comprehensive list of books that I already read, which I haven't totally uh, uh, yet reviewed. And whenever I retweet um, my review of, of, of some book, very often it, get, it gets picked up by the author ah, like the author nice. tweets back to me saying thank you michael or they retweet my, my my tweet or or you know or they favorite my retweet so like i have a contact with the authors with the authors of the books that i love so I, so this for me is a magical social media that you get to be in touch with them somehow right i mean with the amazon thing i mean it, it was pretty cool but it's like okay so you're engaging with brands like <laughs> right who cares Right, but but when you when you can have a conversation or, or even or even like some you know get a, a tiny bit of feedback by getting favorited or retweeted by you know someone that's kind of your hero or you aspire to or someone that's so much more you know internet famous or important or whatever than you that that feels pretty cool. No, that's really amazing. Um, and okay, so we haven't planned this, but I'll go, I'll, I'll make a segue then. Okay. Um, so I launched Nosby in 2007 True. because I read the book by David Allen, Getting Things Done. So just imagine I'm this guy from Poland, you know, Central Europe, building this small tool that works for me based on a book by this amazing, great David Allen, this, you know, best-selling author, successful entrepreneur, you know, by this David Allen of GTD famous. Yeah. So I'm, I'm writing this piece of software and I'm launching it in 2007. And uh, in 2007, later uh, that year, Nosby, I mean, we had some in initial traction and initial success. And I was invited to, to, for a conference in San Francisco. I went there and I met a guy who knows David Allen. And uh, I talked to him and we, we, we became very good friends. And then um, I heard that David Allen was doing um, uh, in Warsaw, in Poland, was doing his first ever in Poland um, uh, seminar. Uh -huh. So I thought well, David Allen is going to be here. I signed up for the seminar. I, pay, I paid the full price for the seminar because, you know, to be on a sem in, a, in a seminar, you know, with David Allen, just, I'm going to be so close to him. Yeah. But then I thought, well, I can also email my friend who knows David Allen. Maybe he can forward my email to David Allen. I mean, who knows? So I wrote an email saying that maybe David Allen, if he would like, I can guide him a little bit in Warsaw and even invite him for uh, for a dinner, you know, if he if he wants if he wants to. Uh, after the seminar, you know, uh, and uh, well, that's actually what happened. Nice. So after the seminar, 
I picked up David Allen and Catherine Allen, so his, his wife, uh, with my wife, and we went on a double date uh, to an amazing restaurant in Warsaw. So like a year after I launched Nosby, wow. I was dining with my hero. That sounds awesome. That was really, I, I, my mind was, was blown the whole time. I was, I was so amazed and I was so humbled. I was, and you know, so just before, just, you know, one year, if, if somebody would tell me this, you know, when I launched Nosby, you know, in a year you're going to be dining with David Allen. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, and the Mars is going to attack, you know, Earth and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, think, these things happen. That's why, uh, wow, I was really, yeah, for me it was, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. I never read the book. <laughs> <laughs> you should. There is a new version right now. There is a, so there's a productivity tip from your Uncle Michael. Uh, <laughs> there is a new edition of David Allen's uh, GTD book, 2015 edition. He changed a few things, uh, updated a few things, um, changed even the, some vocabulary. We will link to, the, to an article which explains the changes. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, the Getting Things Done book, I have it as an audio book, of course, and I have it as a, in different versions. And even I have the Japanese version of GTD book. Yeah. I couldn't, I can't I, read it, but I have I, it. I think you once told me that, that you read this book in like four different languages or something. Yep. I read it in, in, in German, Spanish and Polish and uh, English. Yes. Yeah. Guilty as chart. You're a David Allen fan. What can I do? Yeah. You're kind of crazy. You know that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I... I don't promise you anything, but I added the book on my Amazon wishlist, so... Yeah, here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no Amazon Prime to, 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 to get it to me tomorrow. Exactly. And, and, and tell you, see you tomorrow, Radek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So last week, I mentioned that I did a little experiment. And mm -hmm. for a week, um, so for four days that, you know, from... Tuesday to Friday last week that I have been working on my Nosby stuff. Um, I've been kind of logging the time that I spent working and right. I made it quite quite precise in that, you know, I, I logged the, the increments of work, my Pomodoro cycles, but also mm -hmm. what kind of thing I spent it on. So I mentioned that I logged if I was uh, I spent it actually working, like doing the work, you know, right. programming and, and that kind of stuff, or non-work. So, you know, your meetings and the podcast recording and all that kind of stuff, which is useful, but it's not the work. Work, right? per se. Mm -hmm. And I also, I also uh, noted uh, there are a few instances that I did some other work, right? Right. where it was kind of programming, but it was not related to what I kind of planned to work on. So it was something okay. like our build server broke, like something right. just didn't work and I had to spend like two hours fixing it. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really making any progress. I just fixed something that was broken, right? That's, that's not, you know, that's also useful because you can have things broken, but, you know, it's not work, work. Mm -hmm. So, um, on Sunday, I counted up the increments, uh, which took some time because they were like to the minute, right? Mm -hmm. um, and made some stats. All right. Um, so, I, I, I have some like, you know, uh, 
there are some interesting things that came out of it. Some of the results were not exactly what I would be expecting. So um, I counted the total of 33 hours and 40 minutes logged, like, you know, between the, the first and the last um, kind of timestamp during the day. Mm -hmm. So that's eight hours and 20 minutes uh, per day, which is, you know, just slightly kind of above the eight hours that I'm shooting for, you know, the, the, the eight hours I'm kind of expected to do. But, you know, yeah. I, I guess it's just the natural fluctuations between the weeks. So, so that's normal. Okay. But then, you know, I, I logged the time that I was at the computer and then between those, there were like holes, you know, where I would have a break or something. I counted the difference between the, the toll and the time actually logged, right? So the time where I would actually kind of be at work. Okay. Uh -huh. And it turns out I had the average of one hour and 50 minutes a day kind of during my breaks, which sounded at first like a pretty large number. It's like, right. like what? Like I'm at work for eight hours and there's like two hours where I'm not even remotely working. That's kind of strange. Uh, it's like not what I would expect. But then, you know, I, I kind of, I did the math and it kind of fits. So for 25 minutes of work during my Pomodoro cycle, I would take a right. five minute break. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so that's, you know, during one hour, that's 10 minutes of a break. Of a break. And then uh, every fourth Pomodoro or so, you would take a longer break, like 15 or 20 minutes. Yes. So when you do the math, it's like one and a half hours a day oh, break. during breaks, uh, mm -hmm. which in aggregate sounds quite a lot, but, you know, breaks like sleep are essential and they really help with focus. So, okay. Uh, but there was still a little bit of, of um, difference. There's a bit more than one and a half hours. Uh, I think the, the, the difference comes from the fact that I would often find myself like I came back from a break, but I wouldn't log the timestamp immediately because I would first like spend a minute or so glancing at Slack and, and Nosby, All right. you know, a minute or maybe two minutes. So over about 15 or 16 Pomodori in a day, that's about mm -hmm. 20 minutes. So, okay, that makes sense. So what we have left is six hours, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's not eight hours for work. And then uh, make your guess. How much time of that six hours, 30 minutes actually spent doing the work? Three. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Three hours and 20 minutes a day. Which is, <laughs> which is like, oh, seriously? Like... I, I knew, you know, it's 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 not even remotely possible to be productive and creative, you know, as a programmer for eight hours straight a day. But three hours, twenty minutes—that's not what I would be expecting. So, you know, that's that's kind of eye-opening. Even it's like, mm -hmm. damn, I only have like three hours in a day to actually do the work because all other time is spent doing other stuff. So, hmm. so there's that. Then I had the average of 40 minutes a day doing other work. So like fixing stuff. Um, I actually didn't have that on Thursday or Friday, but I had more than two hours of that on Tuesday. So mm -hmm. that comes to 40 minutes average. And then there's two and a half uh, hours 
per day average doing non-work. So stuff like, you know, meetings and, and you know, other stuff like that. Which is also like, hmm, I, I, spend, I spend almost as much time doing non-work than I do doing the work. Which is not what I would be expecting. That's not how it feels when you, when you do, you know, mm-hmm. work versus non-work. And it, that's how it is. So that, that was pretty much surprising. Um, and it's also interesting to look at, at individual days, not on averages, because there are some, some interesting like, differences between the days. Uh-huh. So for example, on Tuesday, uh, I had a total of eight hours and 11 minutes of, of being kind of at work, of which I had two hours doing kind of the work, two hours and 20 minutes doing other work, so fixing stuff, and then another two hours uh, doing non-work, so meetings and feedback giving and organizational stuff, and then almost two hours total of breaks and stuff. So it's like, oh, oh man, that's that's like a quarter of the time actually spending, um, spent, you know, pushing my stuff forward. That's mm-hmm. surprising. And then like Thursday was interesting because. Uh, aside from a, a few brief distractions like our, our, our morning uh, meeting, I was pretty much focused all day on, on my work. Um, I was unusually proactive and I, I, I was unusually not distracted by Slack. Which is good. Yeah, which is good. So uh, that was a long day because on Friday, as mentioned last week, uh, I was on a bike ride. So, uh, so Thursday was a long day. I, I was um, I had a total of, imagine that, nine hours and 45 minutes spent kind of at work. But it was a good day. It was a really productive day. And six hours and 30 of which was actually doing work. So that, nice. so that but that was an outlier. That, that just doesn't happen normally, mm-hmm. like almost ever. But Friday was also kind of an outlier. So... Um, you know the reason why why uh, I was uh, over the um, the the eight hour a day average is because on Friday I was also I was only planning to do a few hours of work because of Thursday, but somehow I got sucked into stuff and I almost had a full day of work right, but right. but looking at the actual numbers it was like not productive at all, so there was like six hours fifty minutes at work two hours doing the work, uh, two hours and 25 minutes doing non-work. So that was mostly like us uh, recording and then chatting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then what's unusual is that ha- I had two and a half hours during breaks. And, oh. and, and it's like when I, when I try to recall Friday, it was like it felt kind of unproductive and it was hard for me to focus and I spent more time during breaks. But I didn't expect this much. And so, okay, uh, what's, what's kind of the point of this? I, I probably exactly. <laughs> spent too much time on the details. I'm sorry. Maybe we can cut it out short somehow. But, but kind of the, re- the realization that, 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 I, that I have now, kind of having the data, which I, I didn't exactly realize before, is that, you know, often between different days, I feel like my productivity 
greatly um, fluctuates. Like sometimes I have a really great practice day and sometimes I seemingly can't get anything done. Mm -hmm. But when I actually log the time quite, um, quite precisely, it seems like, you know, maybe my kind of intrinsic productivity does fluctuate, but what really is the difference is the time spent actually doing the work. So, so, mm -hmm. so, so it's not like, you know, I spend the same amount of time programming each day. It's like, okay, on Thursday, I spend six hours and 30 minutes doing stuff. And that is clearly visible if you look at, at the, uh, look at the, the GitHub log from that day. And then on other days, I had only two hours a day. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and it kind of feels bad, like, comparatively, like, okay, th this day was so great. I did so much. Why on that other day, I did so little? But it turns out it, it's not just the productivity. It's just that there were so many other stuff that for, for, for better or worse just sucked me in, but it wasn't the work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I spent way too much time talking about this. <laughs> no, but it's, it's really important because uh, I think uh, people, um, I'm still paying you full salary there. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, people think very often they, just like you said, you feel like you got more done, but I mean, that you are getting more done, but then you see the data and, and data uh -huh. is totally different than what you feel. Uh, and and um, that's why that's why we talk about all these things, uh, you know, in Proactive Magazine, in, in the podcast and, and, and everywhere else that, you know, you should get some focused time and whatever, because if you don't get the focused time, then you think you're at work, you think you're working, but in the end, you're not. Yeah. And and and, and so so very often um, that's why we look for these windows of opportunity to just you know shut off and work. That's why we hate the uh, collaborative spaces uh, because <laughs> if you have a collaborative space, then you are not really focused, and then you will not get work done. Yeah. That's why. People who wake up in the morning get, you know, in two hours, they get so much done. And they're like, yeah, because normally you work two hours a day. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's why in the first two hours in the morning, you get so much done, you know. And I think what you did there is fantastic. And I think um, I have to lower your salary there. But uh, <laughs> no, but the, uh, joke aside, I thank you for the example, because this is what I'm what, 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 it's another benefit of my exercise of this unscheduled and, uh, you know, and Pomodoro technique thing to really see what you're doing there. And what I really like about this is that every half an hour you get to start new. So even if you have a lousy day, you log it in. Okay. Yeah. I had a lousy half, half an hour. I checked Facebook the whole, the whole time, but there's another half an hour. There's another opportunity to do something and, uh, and get motivated. So. Um, I encourage everyone who's listening, uh, just log as Radek did, because this is, it's eye-opening, as you see, you know, it's yeah. eye-opening. It is. But tell me, do you think you can optimize it more? Do you think, is there any, any are there any learnings from this, or is it as, as good as it's going to be? Hmm. I think partly it's about realizing how it is, like mm -hmm. it's about realizing the limits of your productivity, like... I cannot possibly work, like do it, do six hours of true focused practice work each day. 
it happened right. on that Thursday, but it was an outlier. And mm-hmm. it's about realizing that, you know, I, I shouldn't guilt myself too much because mm-hmm. it's like, even if I'm not, if I, if I haven't spent the time, like, um, making new stuff, if I had to fix something that just, you know, maybe there's some learning there, but that just what you have to do. And if, if, if there's something like our design fight meeting, which is pretty long, but also pretty proactive and I can contribute there, it's, it's still worth doing. And, and I shouldn't feel too guilty about, you know, having two hours less in, you know, on that Wednesday to, right. to, to do that work. But partly, yeah, I think there is some more, more um, there is more to learn from that. So uh, I, definitely, I definitely found that um, it was extremely helpful on Wednesday to limit kind of my exposure to distractions like stuff happening on, on, uh, at Nosby and in Slack. Like don't mm-hmm. check it every Pomodoro cycle, mm-hmm. right? And so, for example, one change that, that, that I did, uh, and it wasn't exactly uh, a consequence of, of, of this exercise, I did it before, is, you know, when I got my 4K display, uh, I, 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 I was working like, I would have my main display, my 4K display, I would have my stuff there, and then on the side, I would always have my open, you know, my MacBook open, and I usually have things like Nosby and Slack there. But I quickly, or not so quickly, but I found it to be extremely distracting because, you know, um, there's just too much temptation to to take a peek often and see what's happening. Mm -hmm. So what I end up doing now most of the time is even though I could have kind of more workspace, I keep my, my MacBook closed. I mostly work on this single 4K display. Okay. And I, you know, on my on my second space, um, I have my text editor and stuff. On the first space, I have Nosby and Slack, and they're usually like hidden. But it's like th- there's there's a greater um, friction to take a look at it. It's like right. harder to get distracted by it, and that helps because mm-hmm. you know it also helps to take a look from time to time to see what's happening and and like maybe contribute and or, or give feedback kind of in real time but overall it really felt awesome to be able to 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 do more than just two or three hours of focus proactive work in a day right yeah and i think uh, there are two other things so first what you said was very cool that we very often guilt ourselves because we didn't oh, yeah. do so much as we, you know, there are limits to people's productivity. There are limits. And there are some days, really, I have to admit it, there are some days where you just can't. It just doesn't work. You're just, you know, it's, you try. The, again, the Pomodoro technique helps because, again, with every Pomodoro, you can give it a try again. But there are just days which are, which are just lousy. But uh, I think, did we discuss the thing about billable hours and lawyers? Uh, you mentioned uh, the word last week, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, um, there was, I, I had a, my, my wife is a lawyer. Um, I had a very good comparison when she was uh, back in the day when she was working for a, for a big law firm and then she ch- changed to a different law firm. And you could, uh, and she was complaining about her productivity in the second um, uh, work because in the first work, there were 
like for every two, um, for every two lawyer, no, for every three lawyers, there were two assistants. Uh-huh. So what happened was that the lawyers learned to really execute, to really just focus on billable hours where they contribute, and the rest, filing and addressing and sending emails and, and all these things, where they had assistants there. And uh, and the company calculated that it's actually you know the billable hour of a lawyer is like I don't know. $500, $300, I don't know how much, but it's lots of money. So it's better for them to optimize for billable hours for the lawyers and hire more assistants, you know, because it just makes sense. And she was complaining, for example, that in another law firm, they expected the lawyers to still deliver six hours of, of, of six billable hours, but then they had to do everything themselves. That's why they were sometimes sitting, you know, 12 or 14 hours at work. Because they, they were expected to file these things. And, and what a waste of time for the lawyers, you know? I mean, they are there to execute, to do what they are, you know, what they were taught to do. Why do you waste their time on administrative stuff? Why do you waste their time on, you know, on things that your assistant can do, you know? Yeah. So, so there's another learning that we also should think, of, I mean, just, I mean, just like as you, say, as you looked at your, at your work, you know, and think, okay, do I need all these meetings or do I need everything that I do? Do I, do I want to be doing this and that and that? Maybe I can delegate it to someone else in my, my, my company. Maybe I can, maybe somebody else can do it for me. You know, also take a you know, bigger picture of what you're doing and in this way, maximize where you execute, you know, where you are the one to do the, the job. Yeah, exactly. Essentialism. So uh, Radik is just showing me the book that I that we talked about a lot recently. So yeah, yeah. that's the thing. That's also a, a, a very good room for improvement to really see where you contribute and where you might not have to contribute. What I've kind of grown to find uh, useful, kind of uh, in our team, is having having Rafael, which is our you know I don't know we call him product manager. I think that's a terrible way to describe. VP of product, yeah, whatever. Whatever. And mm-hmm. and Patrick, he's our tester, yes. and uh, I, I I really find it helpful that they're there, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I often um, find myself like, okay, I found some bug or something that just annoys me, but I, I don't have to really deal with it. I don't have to like try to write it up or like try to. Um, you know, document it. Document it, or convince anyone to do anything about it. It's like okay, if if it's if it's a bug, I'll just shoot a a, a simple short um, instant message to Patrick, and he'll note it, and you know, do all the other work. And right, and I I find myself doing that a lot, right? <laughs> and and not just with kind of other people's bugs. But also, what I find helpful is when I when I am working on some new feature or something. Um, every time I I finish something and like I feel decently comfortable that it should be finished, I don't spend time trying to to make sure everything is just perfect. I just delegate it to Patrick, and so if if <laughs> if you go in our Nose project to to the um, you know, uh, project for iOS and Mac apps. There's like a lot of pending tasks for Patrick for him to check out and test. Mm-hmm. And but but I really find it useful because not only he can do a better job at it and he can put yes. more time to do it right. I yes. also uh, have more time to do the work. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was my like, when I, when we when uh, Rafa, our VP of product, proposed that we hired um, uh, a, a VP of testing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I wasn't sure. I was like, is it a, you know is it a, do your job? You know why do you need another guy there? Yeah. You know and uh, why do we need this guy and an additional person in the team and whatnot. But uh, but I saw that Patrick is very dedicated to testing and he's a very cool cool fit for the job. Uh, but one of the first feedback I got after the a trial run with Patrick from the developers was the, exactly what you just said, that they spend that now spend less time testing, more time doing, more time building. Yeah. And uh, this is really a similar analogy to the lawyer thingy with assistants. Yeah, and I also think it's uh, it it only got better with time as as uh, you know we kind of found our our rhythm and, and kind of ha how to work together. And so, yeah, it's really great. And, and as for kind of my early experiment, like it, it, I wouldn't continue doing that because it, it was, it was like pretty, um, pretty taxing to, uh, to, to, to log each, each, um, each Pomodoro to the minute and then count them up and then like yeah. categorize and etc. But it really was kind of eye opening and, and, and it's kind of, um, I, I, I imagine that for most people, the results would not be what they think they would be. Mm -hmm. uh, but it really, I found it tremendously helpful. And so uh, I, I would encourage people to, to try it for a week or so and just see not through how it feels, but through the real data, like what they spend their time on and how they can optimize it. Totally. And because there is such a big, very often difference between feeling and data, you know. Yeah. You know, feelings can be cheated, but data, mm -mm, not really. Data is data. Yeah, yeah. And especially, it's like uh, when you spend eight hours a day at work, it's it's hard to mentally count or or like measure time spent on different things because. Like it feels like one big chunk of time. It's like we're at work, right? Uh, but it's not this way in practice, and and it's it's hard it's hard to to actually kind of measure it without some help. Yeah, the, the, this is for example why uh, I mean I think in my example on the on the Nosby blog where I wrote how I do my um, schedule that I very often uh, not now because now it's summer so it's really hot during the day but. Uh, I would I would do for example sports in the middle of the day, because uh, uh -huh. we talked about it. But yes. because at some point I see my energy leveling down. I mean, just going down, and I know that I'm not going to be as productive as I would like to be. So just let's go outside, do something else, come back, and you know when we work the way we work, so we don't have to check in at eight and check out at at at, at four. Um, uh, so. In, the, in this in this sense, it's really good because then I come back with you know totally refreshed with different you know with endorphins in my you know in my system, and I can focus again on work and I see immediately that my productivity is is is, is going up again. Yeah. Uh, so I have a few more thoughts about that. So mm -hmm. I, I was kind of you know especially with the data, I was kind of thinking about you know why did the Friday go the way it went. Because it, it just, it was not a particularly productive day. Or, I don't know, maybe it was. I, I did a bunch of things, but it, it didn't feel proactive, right? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, as we talked about last week, I started the day with a bike ride and that was great. That was amazing. But the problem was that unlike you, because you started early and you got back pretty early, I got mm -hmm. to work at about 2 p.m., which is exactly. a terrible time to start. Yep. And it's like, uh, I definitely find myself most productive when I kind of stick to the routine in some way. It just mm -hmm. feels the easiest when you start the day from like the very start of the day in the work mode. It's like you do the you do your stuff the way you always do it. You get to work and you start to work. And right. when you get the ball rolling early, it just it just easy uh, throughout the day. But when you start the day and a pretty large chunk of the day not working and then get back at 2 p.m. when it's the hottest and, and you kind of feel like having dinner and, and after dinner, it, it, you, know, you don't feel like working either. And what made it kind of worse is that when I got to work, I didn't start it with the work, right? We right. started with recording the podcast, which was great. Then we chatted for a, for a bit, which was great. Then I did some other stuff. I don't remember what exactly. But mm. before I actually got to the work, it was pretty late, right? And, yes. and, and starting the day not just late, but with stuff other than the work, that's just not helpful. That just kind of puts my mind in the wrong mode. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, 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 you know, I often have that with, with other meetings. It's it just a meeting is not just the time that it takes. But, you know, it, it, it takes some time after the meeting to get back to the right state of mind and, 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 and fill your, your kind of mental caches with the stuff you need yep. to do the work. And after you, you know, um, it, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty hard to, to get back to work. It just takes some time. So another thing that that I, I guess I found helpful is to is to uh, not just you know minimize you know non work <laughs> as I call mm -hmm. it because that's often inevitable and and still proactive in some way but push it um, push it towards the end of the day because mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm the most productive like between you know. Um, nine and maybe 12 right right and then when it comes time for dinner around two or three for me it's like it, it's slower and sometimes i, I mean can lunch yeah i i can I, I call it dinner right. I, I i don't i don't need eat lunch it's it's dinner man uh, all right <laughs> sorry <laughs> so after two or three p.m um Sometimes I can still do productive work, but often it's like it, it's it's much slower, and so this is good time to do less demanding intellectually work, or or, mm -hmm. or or do stuff that's not the work but but still kind of useful in some ways, and also group it together. So for example, today is this kind of day. I mean, I, I didn't plan it, it this way. It just turned out to be like. I only had a brief moment for actual work in the morning, and then at 10 p.m. we had a uh, like a 
40 minutes meeting then I only had like 20 minutes so obviously I didn't get anything done then another 30 minutes um, whatever and then some time but not particularly proactive and now we're recording and then uh, maybe we'll chat for, for, for a few minutes or something and before I actually get work it's gonna be pretty late in, in the day right Yep. Uh, but uh, but at least I kind of grouped it together. So I have some other stuff that's uh, that's not programming that I that I need to get done. So maybe that's also kind of a, a good time to do it. Like if you're, yep. if you're not going to be particularly proactive anyway, maybe it's better to do the stuff that's accumulated and do it there. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Like sometimes it might be useful to 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 push back in time some things that are not like a priority that and that don't require your kind of top intellectual performance so that you can group them together in a slow not particularly proactive feeling day and just do it all at once and have it over with that's why for example on friday i assume that i have only meetings because i have yeah. uh, we have a 10 a.m uh, meeting with the developers i have 11 a.m meeting with, uh, with the company meeting and then i have recording with you around 12. So I know I have these meetings and I have additional meetings with customers or, you know, with, uh, with other people that I meet. So I know that on Friday, if I write anything or if I do anything else than the meetings, it's a bonus. Yeah. So instead of feeling guilty of not doing these things, I treat them as a bonus. So I know on Friday I have meetings. If I do anything else, wow, it's been a good day, you know? I, I think it might be easier for you because of um, the nature of your job, right. which is much more organizational and, and like, you know, all around than, mm -hmm. than my job, where obviously there are also parts like that, but that's not kind of what I am here for. Like, right. obviously, right. if I have something to contribute, I'll contribute, and that's great, but I just want to write cool right and i right. i would prefer because it, it just feels best for me uh, personally to spend as much time as i can making new stuff i have a i have an observation for you though sometimes what happens is like you know uh, i'm not a sailor but it's like when they explain that you catch a you catch a, a a second you know wind blow or a wave or whatever yeah like the, or the surfers say they catch a wave or whatever so for example yesterday yesterday i i, I had a big marketing day but it was a marketing day with lots of um, lots of administrative staff because we are preparing to launch Nosby in several different countries. Yeah. So I was preparing infrastructure for that, which was pretty boring because you know you're preparing all these things that are not really exciting, but they have to be there in place to be able to launch in these countries. And I also had to write uh, and correct a few emails that we were sending out to our customers and review them. And the, the day was approaching to the end and I still haven't gotten to the emails actually yeah. you know i did all this administrative stuff i'm prepared i was really happy about it i discussed you know our launch in china and all these things everything was fine but then then comes the moment of emails and i see it's already 4 p.m you uh -huh. know and it's you know i i, I you know I will, I will be you know i should be finishing job by now you know but i thought well one pomodoro i'm just gonna just uh -huh. just check a few emails let's see let's see i mean one pomodoro what you know I know. I'll just do it. Yeah. So I spent the next two hours and I reviewed <laughs> all the emails. I, re I have written a few of them. I, it was two hours of fantastic time. I just caught this wave, you know? I don't know how it happened. It was in the end of the day. I thought I had the decision fatigue and all these things and I was 
But then suddenly, I don't know, this one Pomodoro, you know, let's just, just do a few. I mean, whatever. I'll just start. And just like, and, and until 6 p.m. I was doing the emails and I did a lot done. And I was so happy with myself. Yeah. Th- that's also part of, you know, I, I mentioned that I, I had a long day on Thursday because of Friday. But, you know, I, I didn't plan it to be that, you know, uh, that <laughs> awfully long. But but it's it's the same kind of thing. I I I caught the wave or whatever the expression is, and I just felt great. I felt really proactive, and I didn't have anything really to do like outside of work that day. So it's like you know that's kind of something that um, remote work makes easier. I was like okay, like if I have a, an unusually long day today, and I'm proactive and it feels good, then that's great. I, I can cut some other days short and have more time for myself. And so exactly. I can optimize around my own productivity. I, I exactly. think that's, that's a good way to put it, right? Optimize. I can work longer when I feel like working longer and I can cut my work short on the days where I don't feel proactive anyway. And it's like win-win, I guess. And I think on this happy note, we can end this episode. <sighs> I I feel like this is going to be extremely polarizing episode. There's going to be some productivity nerds which will be very excited about it, and everything else, everyone else will be so bored by the whole conversation. <laughs> I don't. Well, we'll see. You know, but this time we get carried away about productivity, which is good because because um, also our MNOSB users are listening. Yeah. But I think the you know, as you said, this is important because you observed how you work. And I think we should be more mindful and more observant of what we are. So I, yeah. I really like this. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, it, it's, I, I think, I think it's, you know, um, I, some people kind of fall into, uh, some people call it like productivity porn, where you just, <laughs> just spend too much time thinking and reading and watching about productivity instead of being productive, right? right. But. Uh, but I think I think it's useful to think about this a little bit and like be um, introspective in that way because mm-hmm. you can you can notice some patterns in how you work and in the inner workings of of your brain and optimize around that and and it just makes things easier in the long term if you can if you can find those things to optimize for and everybody's different that's why you should optimize as you said around your productivity not around yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, th- th- that's why, you know, uh, y- y- you could say like, uh, with, with all the writing about productivity and stuff, like, okay, everyone is saying something different. Like, that's not useful at all. But it can be useful because some of, you know, the things that people write about pro- productivity, authors in books, they usually write about their own productivity. Exactly. And they mean it for others, but it's not going to work with everyone else because different people's brains work in different mysterious ways mm-hmm. but you can get some inspiration and some things to maybe try and find your own way of of your own kind of workflow and that is useful yeah and as you said make do experiments yeah like experiment and then see you know <laughs>